there will be church. There will be revival. There will be growth. And there's not a person in the sound of this voice, under my sound of my voice in this room today that is not going to contribute to that. Each and every one of you matters. You're important to this church. Amen? Amen. If you have your Bible, I'd like to stand with me. I'm going to take a text very briefly, and I'm not going to be, I don't anticipate being long today. This is a dangerous thing, though, to say. Because every time I say I'm not going to be long, honey, you better look out. But I'm not planning on being long today. Psalm chapter 84, reading from the fifth verse. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, in whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. I want to preach a simple thought this morning from strength to strength. Would you pray with me, Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you so much for your presence that I feel in this house right now. I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that I feel flowing through this place right now. And I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Lord, you allow the word of God to reach down and touch our heart and touch our life. Let it impact us and let it change us, Lord. Let us leave this place strengthened and refreshing and encouraged in you, Lord. In Jesus' name, would you say amen? amen. You may be seated. Have you ever had to go from one hilltop to another hilltop. You know, I remember one time in the hills I shot a turkey and it it I thought it was dead and I turned to say something to somebody else and when I turned the turkey jumped back up and flew. And it was a it was a mortal shot. The turkey was gonna die, but it didn't have to fly very far to fly to the other ridge. It just all it did was got in the air and spread its wings and it crashed on the other hillside. And so we walked down the valley, crossed the little creek, and back up. And then, then you're trying to figure out exactly where you're. We never did find that bird. He found him a hole and got in it and, and got away. And I, I doubt that he lived. But, but it's that, that distance from hill to hill doesn't seem to be that much when you're looking at it. The distance from, from this hilltop to that hilltop doesn't seem to be that long of a journey. And if you could do it as the bird flies, it wouldn't be that long of a journey. But I don't know about you, I haven't sprouted wings. And I have to go through a valley to get to the next mountaintop. It seems so close. It seems so easy. It seems so convenient. We're just going to go over there. We're just going to pass through and go to the other side. But if you're going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop, you have to go through a valley. If you're going to go from victory to victory, then there must be a battle that is fought. There must be an enemy that is conquered. If you're, if you were a weightlifter, if I got a weightlifter in here, they would tell you that, that if you're going to go on a journey from strength to strength, you have to pass through adversity. To gain strength, you have to deplete your strength. 
to gain muscle mass, you've got you've to stretch and tear and, and, and deplete the muscles that you have. And they grow through adversity. They grow through resistance. And without resistance, there is no increase in strength. And so the journey from strength to strength is always a journey through a valley. Adversity is at one time the greatest blessing and the greatest curse of humanity all at the same time it started in the garden of eden when adam and eve disobeyed god and up until the judgment of god everything came easy to adam and eve i mean god made them put them in this garden and 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 said you know just take care of the garden that's all you've got to do and i've got to imagine because the curse had not yet occurred that taking care of that garden was a whole lot easier than taking care of my garden amen it was a whole lot more cooperative. The weeds were not there trying to take over everything. The plants grew, and the, and the, and the, the atmosphere was perfect, and everything came easy to them. They, they lived in a world that was in harmony with them, and it yielded its fruit to them without struggle. There was no difficulty. There was no adversity. The lion laid down beside the lamb. There wasn't even adversity in the, in the animal kingdom. But immediately when man entered a sinful condition, God introduced adversity into the mix. He said to Adam, you will toll and work to scrape out a living by the sweat of your brow. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to expend yourself. If you're going to make it, it's going to be because you have to work for it. You've got to pour yourself out. To Eve, he said, there'll still be joy in childbirth, but it's going to be tempered with the toil and labor of delivery. Things are not going to come so easy to you anymore. Anything worth having in this life is going to come to you through adversity. Anything worth achieving, anything worth possessing, you're going to have to work for it. You're going to have to put yourself out there. You're, it's not going to come easy to you anymore. You're going to have to work in order to achieve the things which are good. Can I get an amen? amen? But while adversity was a major part of the curse of sin, it also became a vehicle for the blessings of God. By the design of God, we gain from adversity. It's adversity that causes us to grow. It's adversity that creates the environment. It's the hard times and the difficult places that give us the opportunity to move from this level to the next. It's the valley that compels us to the next mountaintop. And so when God saw man in the pitiful condition that sin had left him in, even as he pronounced judgment for sin, he instituted a new means for growth. The curse becomes the source of a blessing. The New Living Translation of James chapter 1 and verses 2 and 3 puts it this way. Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. It is adversity that provides us the opportunity to grow. When we're 
tested, when we find ourselves in difficult places, we don't want to go there. We don't want to endure those times. We would do our best to avoid those moments of hardship. If I could, I'd find a bridge that goes from one hilltop to the next, and I'd never set my foot uh, in the valley. But let me tell you what God knows. Uh, He knows I need the valley because the valley is what makes me stronger. Uh, Amen. And there's going to come an experience on the next mountaintop uh, where I'm going to need to be stronger than I am on this mountaintop. Uh, Amen. And the only way I'm going to survive what I'm going to encounter down the road is if I go through the valley now. That's where my strength comes from. That's where my endurance comes from. That's where that little bit of stick to itness uh, gets put into my spirit. Amen. That's where that, that desire to, to overcome, that desire, that, that, that ability to trust in God, that knowledge that I can trust in Him. When your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. We go through the trials and tests of this life. And they may seriously challenge our faith. I'll be the first to tell you, it's okay to ask why. Amen. It's okay to be in places you don't understand. It's okay to have questions. But when you're done with that situation, when you come through that challenge, that valley, amen, when you come out of that, you're going to be stronger than you were before you came into it. Amen. It's not so much about why, it's about who. Amen. It's not so much about knowing why you came to the valley. It's more about knowing who put you there. Amen. Because I can trust the one who guides my footsteps. I can trust the one who orders my path. That's the language of the psalmist in the text that we read. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee in whose heart are the ways of them. The latter half of that verse is difficult to understand in the King James translation. What it means is a man is blessed when his strength is in God and his, God's ways are in his heart. Amen. Man is blessed when his strength is in God and the ways of God are in his heart. That's where we find the source of strength uh, that the psalm is addressing. Uh, a man is blessed uh, when he, his strength, he draws his strength uh, from God. We're talking about a strength to believe. Uh, we're talking about a strength to obey. We're talking about a strength to endure. We're talking about a strength to carry on. Amen. To pick up and go one more mile even when you don't feel like it. Uh, amen. To make up your mind. I'm going to go to church today even when I I just don't feel like it to make up your mind after a hard hard week at work uh, amen I'm going to put the Lord first uh, and I'm going to value his house uh, and I'm going to stand in his presence uh, amen I'm talking about the strength to carry on Amen? amen some days are easy some days are difficult and you find your strength in the Lord You see, that spiritual strength is very important because your physical strength will let you down. You can spend huge amounts of time and energy and effort developing the strength of your body. But in the end, you'll never slow the hands of time. It doesn't matter how strong you become. It doesn't matter how capable you become. It doesn't matter how able you become. Over time, you'll find yourself losing those abilities. 
But the strength that comes from the Lord is a different kind of strength. Amen. Where my physical strength wanes in my later years. Amen. That confidence that comes from having walked with him, it just gets sweeter as the days go by. It just gets stronger and stronger with every valley that's behind me, with every hilltop I stand upon. Amen. It just gets stronger and stronger. Eventually, my physical strength will fail me. But on the day when I when I and I watched the example of the elder in my life, brother brother Anderson, uh, Amen. On the day when my strength fails me and I find myself uh, where I can't do anything for myself, it's my spiritual strength that's going to carry me. That's what's going to sustain me. That's what's going to keep me. The blessed man is the man whose strength is in the Lord. Because you can only get so far on your own strength. Your human will will only carry you so far. The true source of blessing lies in learning to turn to God for your strength. This spiritual strength is coupled with the ways of God. The blessed man is the man whose strength is in God and who will have in his heart the ways of God. That's the doctrines the precepts, the promises, the things of God. You can't get the way of God into your heart until you get the word of God into your heart. Amen? You can't get the way of God if, you, if, you, if you've got time for everything else in the world. Uh, but to read your Bible, my friend, you're missing out on the very important treasure that God has given you. They're, these are the promises that will sustain you. These are the words that will keep you. Amen. This is the word of God that will give you the strength. to. Care. I cannot tell you how many times, uh, how many places, uh, how many situations uh, that I've drawn strength from this precious word that I flip my Bible open uh, and find some scripture that's been underlined, uh, some word that's been written in a margin in a, in a good time uh, when everything was going well, when I wasn't in the valley, when I was in my right mind, uh, I was sitting in the presence of God, uh, reading from the word of God, uh, and he spoke to my heart, uh, and it's in my valley, and in my difficult moment when I can contemplate and throwing in the towel and just quit that that word speaks to me because I put it in my heart. Amen? Amen. If we let those things become deeply engraved in our heart, that's the relationship that fuels our strength. All too often, I've already mentioned this, we struggle to understand God. We want to know why. Why did I have to go through this? Why did I have to face this? The true key to peace in this life, the true key to spiritual strength, lies not in understanding God, but in knowing God. You don't have to understand Him to know He's faithful. You don't have to understand Him to know He makes all things work together for good. You don't have to understand Him to know His ways are above my ways. His thoughts are above my thoughts. He sees what I cannot see. He knows what I cannot know. And He knows me better than I know myself. And I know that I know that I know that I can trust him. It's that trust in the Lord 
that rises from a knowledge of God, from knowing him. That's what becomes your source of strength. Watch this. He who passes through the valley of Baca makes it a well. Passes through the valley, but makes it into a well. A well is a place of rejoicing. A well is a place of refreshing. Now, valleys are, are not places of rejoicing. Valleys are difficult times. As a matter of fact, that word baca means weeping. Uh, amen. It has to do with a, a dry and barren valley where there is no water. It's a place of sorrow. It's a place of trial. It's a place of testing. Uh, it's a valley of tears. We're going to walk through those valleys. Amen. Amen. As this is as natural as the course of life. You're going to come to places where you're going to weep. But the Bible said weeping endures for the night. But joy comes in the morning. Amen. In those difficult moments, in those trying places, when you find yourself where you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn and, 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 and you find yourself with nothing left but tears, uh, it's in that place uh, that if you allow him, uh, he'll open up a well of living water uh, that'll overflow in your life. Uh, he'll turn my valley of tears uh, into a place of rejoicing. Uh, he'll turn my valley of tears uh, into a well of living water water that springs up within. Amen. It's that dry and barren valley of weeping, that place of sorrow, that place of trial and testing. And when we walk through those valleys, uh, amen, we struggle sometimes to, to understand why. Uh, we struggle sometimes to, 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 to grasp fully what it is that God's trying to, to show us and teach us. Uh, amen. But the man whose strength is in the Lord uh, will find a well of refreshing uh, in the midst of that barren valley. Uh, the psalmist is saying uh, of that man that is blessed uh, he's blessed because he knows the Lord uh, and as he passes through the valley of weeping uh, in that dry and barren place uh, he makes the Lord not the valley uh, but the Lord to be a well of strength uh, a place of rejoicing Amen. there are two things I want you to notice about the valley first of all there is no condition upon entering the valley it's a foregone conclusion. It's not some, we, we tend to get in the valley and say, God, what did I do? Well, let's see. You were born of a woman. And you, were, you were made after the likeness of Adam. You didn't, you, 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 it's not because of something you've done. Now, I understand you bring trouble on yourself. I understand there are places that are difficult that you got there by your own hand. But honey, I'm going to tell you there's never been a, a perfect man live other than Jesus Christ. But if you lived perfect, you're still going to walk through the valley. Uh, let's contemplate the life of our Lord and Savior. Amen. He lived the perfect life. And he was wrongly accused. Tried before a kangaroo court. They paid the witnesses to lie about him. They beat him. They mocked him. They spat upon him. They nailed him to an old rugged cross. And he died for something he never did. Well, depending on how you interpret it. They died. He died because... He said before Abraham was, I am. But he died for my sins. And he died for your sins. And he knew no sin. 
He wasn't guilty of any sin. The guilt of those things could not be laid upon him, but he took them upon himself. It's, a, it's just a, the way of humanity. You're going to go through valleys. Uh, you're going to go through trials. Uh, you're going to go through times of testing. Uh, amen. The man, who, even the man whose strength is in the Lord and the man who has the word of God hidden in his heart, even that man is going to go through the valley of weeping. It's just something that will happen. Amen. When Job faced his struggles and his friends and counselors, Lord, have mercy. If I didn't have friends any better than the friends Job had. I mean, good gracious. But they came to try to convince him that his suffering had to be the result of some shortcoming in your life. Search your heart, Job. What have you done wrong? This is the man of whom God said, I can find no fault in him. His friends are sitting and they're saying, man, you've blown it somewhere. You've made God angry. We tend to get that way sometimes. We find ourselves in a valley. We think, wow, what? God's got to be upset with me. God, No, my friend, this is the way life happens. You're going to walk through a valley. Why? I can tell you why. You've got to go from strength uh, to strength. Uh, there's strength you're going to need in your future. Uh, that the only way you're going to get it uh, is to walk through the valley now. Uh, amen. He's not going to put on you more than you can bear. He's not going to bring into your life anything that you can't overcome uh, little by little piece by piece uh, he's going to give you the strength to meet the greatest test of your life but you've got to walk through the valley to get there amen, amen. as the book of job unfolds we discover that it was the opposite of what his friend said that was really true it was his closeness to god that caused him to have to walk through that valley it was the fact that God cherished his faithfulness that put him in that difficult place. You know, it was, somebody said it was because God trusted him so much. And somebody else said, Lord, don't think you need to trust me that much. Amen. It's because of his faithful example. It's because of the life of of submission to God that he's lived. There, there, Job went through some things that some people couldn't bear. Job went through some things that might have turned a lesser man aside. But because he was faithful, God took him through that experience. You say, well, Brother McCall, where's the good in that? Where's I can tell you where it is. Uh, at the end of the book of Job, Job says, uh, I knew you, but I'd never seen you. Uh, but in my valley, I saw you. Uh, and now I know you like I've never known you. Amen. Job grows in his valley. Job grows through that difficult experience. He gets stronger, amen, as the valley passes. Uh, and that, my friend, uh, gives rise to the second point. Uh, amen. We know that God is going to move us from strength to strength, uh, amen, because the valley is where God causes us to grow. Trial becomes the incubator of faith. The problem is that we're just like the friends of Job. We get caught up in the why instead of the who. Why here? Why this? Why me? Why now? Why, Lord? I, I said it yesterday. <laughs> we delivered the flowers to Anderson's house and just pulled out of the driveway, leaving to go home. 
And and my dad had already texted me earlier and said, you made it to your armchair yet? I'm thinking I'm on my way. And I got a phone call. And my daughter's, my sister's youngest daughter, I don't have a daughter. My sister's youngest daughter had been in a tragic, apparently at that moment, tragic wreck on the big lake bridge. Told her car, had called in hysterics. Didn't know if everybody was okay. Didn't know, we didn't know if she was okay. And so we, we sped from, from your house to, to the big lake just as fast as we could yesterday afternoon. And thankfully we arrived there and everything was okay. The cars totaled. Uh, there are a lot of bumps and bruises, a uh, little bit of cut scalps and maybe some bleeding, but maybe even a concussion, who knows? They, I'm sure they went and got checked out, but nobody was life-threatening. There was no life-threatening injury. And I'm thankful for that. But I have to tell you, and my wife stands testimony to this. I'm driving down the road saying, Lord, why? 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 Could the timing be better? You've been there, haven't you? I mean, couldn't, couldn't we catch a break somewhere? You've walked through that place. We've all walked through that place. But the reality is we, we should spend less time trying to understand God and more time getting to know God uh, because that's the source of our strength. Uh, amen. The knowledge of God is what will sustain you in the difficult time. It's one thing to know about him, uh, but it's another thing Job would tell you to know him. Amen. Abraham was the friend of God. And God came to him and told him, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. The sin and the stench of that city is ever present in my nostrils and I can't take it anymore. I'm about to, I'm about to just wipe it out. And Abraham, and I, 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 you're very familiar with the story his nephew and his family are there. And Abraham is a compassionate intercessor. And he steps in to try to change the, the mind of God. You know, God's okay if you, if you try to argue with him or reason with him. That's Abraham said, Lord, you know, if there's 50 righteous souls, 40. I believe God's looking for people who will reason with him against judgment. But he's looking for an intercessor that will say, you know, Lord, if you could just give him one more month, if you just give him one more, one more year, if you just, Lord, if you just tarry, if you just hold back, if you just be lenient, if you just, just give him one more chance. He's looking for somebody who will get a burden for the lost and be willing to pull in the driveway and weep and cry and never get out of the car. Amen. He's looking for people like that. The whole reason I brought Abraham up was because Abraham, when he begins to talk to the Lord, this is what he says. Genesis chapter 18, verse 25, That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be that be far from thee. In other words, you're going to treat good people like you treat bad people. This is what he says. Shall not the judge of all the earth... Do right. I'm going to tell you how you get to the place where you know that whatever God does, it's going to be right. It's when you know him. 
when you walk with him, when you spend some time in his presence, when you've known the fellowship of the Lord in the valley of suffering. Uh, amen. That's when you know the Lord of all the earth. Uh, he's going to do right. Uh, amen. I don't have to understand it. Uh, it doesn't have to all make sense to me. I don't have to be able to reason it out. Uh, I don't have to have all the answers. Uh, I don't have to know why uh, because I know him. And I know that the Lord of all the earth, he's going to do that which is just. He's going to do that which is right. Uh, amen. He's going to do that which is good. That comes from knowing him, not just knowing about him. The psalmist gives the proper response to trouble in our lives. He says the blessed man turns to God as his source of refreshing in the dry and barren valley where there seems to be no hope and no chance of survival. The blessed man says, the Lord, uh, amen, I put my trust uh, not in this world, uh, not in the things of this world. Uh, my hope is not in the physical conditions uh, around me. My hope is not in all the things that I can grasp uh, and understand, uh, amen. My, my hope uh, and my trust uh, is in the Lord. Uh, amen. It may be dry and barren in my valley. I may be walking through the valley of weeping. Uh, I may be in that season of struggle, uh, but my strength doesn't come uh, from my season. Uh, my strength doesn't come from my surroundings. Uh, my strength doesn't come from my circumstance. Uh, my strength comes from the Lord. When the blessed man finds himself in the valley and puts his trust in the Lord, he turns the valley of weeping into a place of rejoicing. There's nothing to rejoice about in the valley. There's nothing in the valley that you can look at and say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rejoice about this. If you're going to rejoice in the valley, you're going to have to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. If you're going to rejoice in the valley, you're going to have to rejoice in the knowledge of his goodness. Uh, when there's nothing to warrant praise, uh, when your life is filled with trouble and trial, uh, amen, that's when you lift your hands to heaven and you say, I'm going to bless you, Lord, uh, because you're good uh, no matter what I see. Uh, you're good uh, no matter what I know uh, that the Lord, uh, who is Lord of all the earth, uh, is just. Uh, and I know, God, uh, that everything you do is good. Watch how the Lord answers that kind of attitude. Who passes through the valley of Baca makes it a well, and the rain also fills the pools. Old Testament travelers, every year there, had to, there was a journey from wherever you were to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. In that dry and arid environment, water was a scarce and precious thing. So Old Testament pilgrims or travelers found themselves when they, when they were crossing a dry and barren valley, a, a, a difficult place, you know, that, that kind of place that makes the journey hard. Whenever they stopped for the night, they would always dig pits in the ground. The reason they dug the pits was if by chance rain comes while we're here, 
I need a way to collect the rain so it can get me through tomorrow and the day after the day after that it may not rain amen but faith says i'm going to dig a pit i'm going to dig a hole i'm going to make a place that's ready i'm going to prepare myself for the chance amen that some shower might pop up amen maybe to be there just for an instant and dissipate in a moment it's going to be too late when it starts raining to dig the pit so I'm going to dig a hole every night. I'm going to get ready every evening. And before I lay my head on a pillow at night, I'm going to know that if it rains tonight, I'm going to collect a little water for the journey. If it rains tonight, I'm going to collect a little bit of refreshing to carry me through. That's what the psalmist says. If you'll make a place for God in your valley, if you'll take the time to turn to God and dig yourself a well in your valley, if you'll take the time to dare to say, Lord, I trust you, I trust in your goodness. I, I trust in your mercy. I, I trust in your providence. You're going to take care of me. If you take the time to praise him in your valley, he'll answer you with rain. That's what the promise is. The man, the man whose strength is in the Lord and has the word of God in his heart, when he comes into the valley of whipping, weeping, he digs a pit. He makes it a well. That's what it says. He digs a pit. And then God sends the rain. And he fills the well. Not just a quick fleeting rain that passes in a moment, but a long, slow soaking that fills the pools. I'm here to tell you, if you'll make a place for God in your life, he'll provide you a blessing that you cannot contain. Now, I'm on the verge of making a liar out of myself. Because I said I wasn't going to preach long. And I don't even know if I'm halfway through where I wanted to go. (laughs) But here we are. I'm going to wrap it up pretty quick. That which was a curse, the adversity that sought you dra- to drag you down and destroy you, becomes a source of strength instead of a source of destruction when you find your strength in the Lord. Think about Joseph in the book of Genesis in the 50th chapter when he looked at his brothers from his captivity that has turned into a blessing. And he says to them, You thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. This thing was supposed to destroy me. This thing was supposed to sideline me. This thing was supposed to have taken me out of the game, but instead God used it to move me to the front of the line. Uh, God used it to give me strength uh, to get through. He moved me from strength to strength. Uh, Sometimes we get so caught up in our struggle that we find ourselves weak and weary and we lose sight uh, of the big picture. But I come to this pulpit on a Sunday morning to remind you that God is the Lord of your life uh, and that no struggle or temptation will overtake you that he isn't aware of uh, and that wherever you find yourself uh, amen your current struggle your current trial uh, you're never going to meet anything that God will allow to destroy you if you'll put your trust in him and walk with him it's never been God's desire that you'd wither and die in the valley It's his desire that you come through the struggle stronger than you were when you went into it. So I've come to this pulpit on a Sunday morning just to remind you of what I know is a difficult place and what I know is a trying time where all of us are dealing with a little grief and a little sorrow and a lot of grief and a lot of sorrow and and, and all of that. I want to remind you that God can cause you to grow 
and be strengthened. He can carry you. And there's going to be a day you're going to look back on this valley and you're going to realize I am who I am today because I walked through that. I am the man that I am today because I've walked through that valley, because I've endured that struggle, because I stood the test of that difficult situation and I put my trust in the Lord. Amen. I put my trust in Him. Some of the most inspiring words in all of history came from the lips of Winston Churchill, an orator, one of the greatest public speakers there ever was, who by the sheer power of his words alone changed the course of World War II. It was in those dark days after the defeat at Dunkirk that he uttered these words. He said, we shall draw from the heart of suffering itself the means of inspiration and survival. That's the attitude that set the tone for the reshaping of British morale. The devastating defeat at Dunkirk would quickly be followed by impressive victories in Italy. And ultimately, the defeat at Dunkirk would be swallowed by the greatest victory uh, of the the. the uh, allied powers overcoming the Axis powers and winning the war. But the strength to accomplish that task came from a mindset that viewed suffering uh, as a means of inspiration. We get the perspective all wrong. Uh, amen. We look at suffering as a means to, to, to complain. Uh, amen. But, that, but Churchill said, uh, we're going to draw from the heart of suffering, uh, amen, the means and the method of inspiration uh, that's going to cause a nation uh, to survive. Uh, it was a mindset that said, uh, in my present valley, uh, I'm going to find some strength uh, that's going to carry me through my tomorrow. I, this is not, uh, amen, the end. It was Churchill who saw defeat as a platform from which to launch a victorious campaign. I'm here to tell you, your valley won't undo you if you put your trust in the Lord. It will not be your final resting place. It's just a transition to the next mountaintop. It's time to make up your mind. As the scripture said, though I sit in darkness, the Lord is a light about me. Though I find myself in a dry and barren place, he is a well of refreshing. When I see no hope before me, I realize that my hope is in the Lord. It's time to declare, I don't see a good reason to rejoice right now. I don't see a good reason to celebrate right now. When I look around me, all I see is a dry valley full of tears. Uh, amen. But I can promise you this, uh, if you'll take the time uh, to dig a well. Uh, if you take the time uh, to make a place for God uh, in the middle of your valley, he'll pour out the rain uh, of refreshing. Stand with me. I know I've been a little longer than I intended. She got dinner warm and she came in here and sat down and now she's going back because it's cold again. Just don't forget what I said about the microwave. But I wanted to remind you where your strength comes from. Sometimes we need to be told what we already know. Sometimes we need to be reminded of the things that we've learned long ago. Your strength flows from your relationship with God. You gotta know Him. You gotta know Him to trust Him. Yeah, you, you can't trust Him if you don't know Him. And if you find yourself struggling to trust Him, it's a good indicator you need to get to know him better. Amen. Because when you know him, 
I mean, when you really know him, you can look heaven in the eyes and say, the Lord of all the earth, he will do what's right. He will do what's just. Whatever he does, it's going to be good. Whatever he puts me through, it's going to be for my advantage. I know him. And because I know him, I can trust him. I know there are some folks under the sound of my voice that are in that valley. And I come to this pulpit today with a shovel. Not to dig a grave. I had enough of that this weekend. But I brought a shovel to dig a well. Because I'm going to promise you, if you'll make a hole in your valley floor, he'll pour out the rain that will refresh you. He'll pour out the blessing that you need. You'll find the strength to carry on. I'm going to ask you for a few moments on a Sunday afternoon if you find a place of prayer and you turn your heart towards heaven and tell him, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you, Lord, more than I need anything else in this world. I need you, God. I, I can't handle things on my own. I need your strength. I, I need the comfort of your presence. Lord, I'm just going to go ahead and make a declaration of faith. Uh, you're good, God, uh, no matter what I see. Uh, you're good, God, no matter what's going on. Uh, you're good, God, uh, no matter what I'm up against. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and tell it. Uh, I see the goodness of the Lord uh, in the land of the living I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. But I see your goodness, God, and I'm going to praise you for it. There's refreshing there. There's strength there. If you just call out to him, Lord Jesus, I love you.